0: She's not just in front of the camera, she was the first major female behind it too. From London to Hollywood, this Paramount player used downtime on set to learn how to break through the glass lens of director. Ida Lupino is the original multi-hyphenate. This is History the Shequel. Mercy! Hi! She's in school. Yes, I am. Back in school. You had Disneyland? You did shitty pizza at Disneyland, then you went right to school. Yes. Did you eat that pizza? A little bit. Yeah. Did you get (laughs) diarrhea instantly? No. Okay, Okay, tell me about school. Tell me all about it. You started when? Um, Wednesday? Some dumb day? Thursday. Why? That doesn't make any sense. And before Labor Labor Day. Day. Mix it up with Memorial Day. That's really, truly the dumbest schedule I've ever heard of. I know. So what happens? You don't even get anything done. Do you get yeah,
1: homework? No, it's just like about me sheets. It's like, what's your favorite type of music? It's just like stupid stuff. Wait,
0: did you really fill that out so your teachers can know? Yeah. And <laughs> other because kids, they're... do you know everyone in your class? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I do.
1: Well, there's two new kids, um, but for the most part, yes.
0: Have you sussed them out? Have you? Have, do, you have, do you have opinions of them yet?
1: Yeah, they're great. Okay, great. Oh, good, yeah. good. You're not gonna bully them? Yeah, I'm not gonna say if they're bad on on a podcast. <laughs> I don't know who's listening. Maybe their parents are.
0: We don't know that. We don't even know who they are. Oh, yeah. oh do kids have dumb names now? Like Serenity? Like are, are hipsters. Had dumb names. I know, but like I feel like there's especially like white hipsters on the east side are, like, naming their kids, like, really. Like, Branch or something. Yes. Yeah. Do you know someone named Branch? No. I, we but, were just
1: talking about this the other day. We were like, I could imagine, like, this white seven-year-old kid who challenges you to a soccer game named Branch.
0: It's happening. I think it might be a, a generation before yours or your no, parents. it's still going on. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay, well, all right. Like, I feel Sad. like it's generation after, too. It It'll never stop in the beginning. Or in the middle. And then at one at one point we're just gonna have a bunch of Michaels and Jennifer's again. Who knows? Uh, that's better than branch, so <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So you're back in school, nothing's yes. happened. You're basically just a transactional situation. You have to get up early. Yeah. Spend eight hours doing what? Six hours? Five? Uh, how six long are you hours? in school?
1: Well, seven hours. Okay. But like Including lunch? Yeah. And just including like after school stuff too.
0: What are you doing? Are you doing anything? Are you involved in anything after school? You're gonna do baton, marching band. I
1: don't know. About Wasn't baton. your mom in marching
0: band? I don't know.
1: I've asked her about it. Maybe I I'm will.
0: Gonna, maybe she was on drill team like I was. Because your mom's from Louisiana, so we probably did similar mm-hmm. things in high school. None, no, none of those interest you.
1: No, but I'm doing tennis after school. I've been playing tennis for like ten years.
0: That's fantastic. Okay, so did you watch Serena this weekend? Oh no, I yeah. don't watch tennis. I don't watch any sports. It doesn't, you just play
1: it. Yeah, I don't think it's fun watching
0: sports. To be honest, I think that's a really badass attitude. It's not fun. It's not. I agree. Sitting on your butt doing nothing. Yeah. Who, just so you don't have any. Watching someone else. You have no. Your idol is yourself. I guess. My tennis idol
1: is myself. Is yourself? I love my teacher, too. I'm going to give her a shout-out. Melissa, I love you. What,
0: is she, what does she do that she that gets you? Because I live next to tennis courts in West Hollywood, and I hear tennis teachers. And they're generally either very aggressive or very weird.
1: <laughs> she's not either of those. Right. Well, I mean, she's weird, but I love her. Like, But she makes it fun. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. Cause I've known her for so long, and my brother used to take lessons with her too. And I, she's great. I love her. She's a like really long time family friend.
0: People don't know this, but Los Angeles has tons of tennis courts. Yeah. Do you know um,
1: LATC? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I that's sure do. where I, we have membership there, and we go there.
0: Oh, that's yeah. nice. That's nice. No sunburns, huh? <laughs> no. Covered. <laughs> totally yeah. covered. I get I it. I
1: try. <laughs> we keep sunscreen in our car.
0: Oh yeah, you guys are smart. Yeah. You guys are smart. Okay, so listen. Let's be honest. You 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 live in LA. You know you understand the biz. I you guess. You understand the biz. Actually
1: not really. You
0: you understand that the biz exists. Yes. Here. Okay. yes.
1: That's something I do understand.
0: So, I know you don't have aspirations in this field, but do you have a guess on how many female directors work in Hollywood right? this second.
1: Do I have to say how many?
0: Yeah, like a Number. percentage. But it, percentage. Did, but it it's it's probably going to be wrong and that's okay. I just want I'm just curious what you what you think the percentage is.
1: Probably around 40%? Maybe. Oh, that's
0: that's 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 I love that you said that. It's 8%. Are you serious? Yeah, one digit. It's actually down in 2018 it was down from 11% in 2017. So there are now less female directors than the year before so the industry i'm sure you've heard it has promised to make changes and um like most talk in this town cheaper than the 99 cent store Mm -hmm. not happening and as hard as it is to be a female director now in 2019 in the futurist female world that we're living in can you imagine how hard it must have been in 1949 (laughs) yes i can (laughs) because you can (laughs) you lived in that era right yeah of course Okay, so are you ready to learn about a woman who, D-G-A-F, past yes. hell yeah I am, and became a movie maverick? Yes. Ida Lupino was born on February 4th, 1918, a time I can't even think about. Doesn't make any sense to me. In London, England.
1: Yeah, that's pretty weird.
0: It's a weird time, right? Cobblestone streets, skirts, all of it. (laughs) So she was born into a performing family. Her mom was an actress, Connie O'Shea, and her dad was Stanley Lupino, who was a legacy performer. His family had been performing since the Renaissance. Wow, And he was the biggest musical comedian in London at the time. So it would be like if you were born to Chris Rock, if Chris Rock did songs with a lot of puns in them. That's the equivalent of today. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the biggest comedian? I feel like John Mulaney is like your generation's comedian. Yeah, he's great. Okay, so imagine, is he the biggest? Would you say he's like the one? I feel like... (laughs) The noise you just made. (laughs) So disgusted. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, like,
1: I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, well, I mean. I'm, who do you
0: like to watch? Who I like Do you like to, like to laugh? I love John Mulaney. You do? Yeah. Is there someone you and like Dave more? Dave Chappelle. Okay. So imagine if. Okay. Let me tell you about the star power of Ida's dad. If Dave Chappelle and John Mulaney were one person and combine all of their fans and they did songs about cats. <laughs> Funny songs about cats. That's who her dad was in London, like selling out shows, household name. I know, right? So she was like, you know, three years old performing at home Uh and then had all these avenues to start doing it professionally. So at seven years old, she wrote and performed in her own play publicly. Seven. What was the biggest thing you did when you were seven? Biggest accomplishment.
1: God, learn how to ride a bike.
0: Yeah, mine was like, learn how to add. That's it. Which I think was probably late (laughs) in the game on that. So her first film role was at 14, and she kept acting because she felt like it was what she was supposed to do Uh and devoted her life to it, even though she really, really wanted to be a writer. But you couldn't really do that at that time as a woman. Yeah. You couldn't. They were like, How dare you pick up a pencil? (laughs) Of all of it, um, All of it, the acting, the dreams of writing, all the hopes, all the dreams, almost came to a screeching halt when she got polio. Oh, no. And here's how she got polio. And this is a good thing to know just in case it ever comes back. Apparently, people were getting it from swimming pools in Los Angeles. Jesus. (laughs) What? Yes. There was an outbreak in the pools. How do you even catch polio? They got it through body fluids, which we know pools are full of. Do you ever uh-huh. go swimming in the south with, when you when you visit your family down there? Cuz they have this they have this thing that they do in swimming pools in community pools. I I don't swim in community
1: pools in the south. I I don't swim in the south.
0: Well, I mean, what? I just think it's really funny. This is the way you said it was really funny to me. It was real I don't swim in the south. <laughs> I don't. No, I don't blame I, you.
1: Cuz none of my like I've a ton of family down there and
0: none of them have pools so I don't well that's probably fortunate there's a thing that happens at community pools in the south I haven't seen this anywhere else where it says welcome to our OOL O-O-L you'll notice there's no P in it let's keep it that way uh, isn't that funny
1: uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) so they didn't have those signs up there at the LA pools that's how they got a polio outbreak So, regardless of how um, she got it, you know, people died from polio, but she came out basically unscathed, except she had some, like, tingling in her right hand, but. Wonderful. Came out, came out the other side pretty, pretty normal, pretty healthy. I, oh, by the way, I'll tell you why you shouldn't go, you shouldn't go swimming in the south. All right. My, someone died in our neighborhood pool. Jesus, why? They were, they broke in at night, dove in, and broke their neck and drowned. They closed the pool the whole goddamn summer. We couldn't swim the whole summer because some idiot oh killed my himself. Oh, I know. Anyway, that's why you shouldn't swim in the south. Why
1: can't? Why couldn't you swim? I
0: in don't the know. Pool like pool. weird religious, like you can't swim in the pool. Like just drain the pool. Yeah, you're gonna get possessed by the <laughs> pool ghosts if you swim in the pool. They probably thought that. <laughs> So, she, after she got done with her polio situation, she hit the ground running in her act- with her acting career. Uh-huh. She went on to star in 59 movies. Dang. And that's almost... She was was she, she worked for like 45 years, so that's sometimes two movies a year. When did she start again? In the 20s and 30s. All right. Yeah. It's Here are good. some of the films that she did. I'm going to name, I'm going to read you the names and I want you to guess what they're about. Okay. great and I don't care it, just make it up but just have fun you know okay, what I mean I will okay I'm letting go let, just let it like free association <sighs> just like let your mind wander and float. I will The ghost camera.
1: What do you think that movie was about? Um, geez. was it a
0: a, a horror movie? Okay and, interesting yeah that, that's a good that's and, a good th- thought.
1: God I don't know. Got to be creative on this one. It's Maybe the camera was just taking pictures. On its own? Yeah, on
0: its own. And then what happened? What's the plot?
1: God, I don't know. (laughs) Is that very harmful, taking photos? (laughs) I mean, is that like a big thing to write about? Ghost camera. (laughs)
0: Ghost camera. Okay, here's what it is. While driving back from a seaside holiday, a young man discovers a camera has dropped mysteriously into his car. When he develops the negatives, one of the pictures appears to show a murder. <gasps> okay, that's, that's ghost camera.
1: That's it? Yeah. That's the old thing?
0: <laughs> uh, you need to watch more old movies because they're really, truly like, the, they're, they're all the same thing. Here's the next one. You're never going to be able to get this. The light that failed. Just, just take a gander of what you think that is. What could fail? What kind of okay. light could fail? Um,
1: any light? <laughs> yeah, just... Any light, Aaron?
0: <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yeah. Dick Heldler, a London artist, is gradually losing his sight. Okay. Uh... He struggles to complete his masterpiece, The Portrait of Bessie Broke, a cockney prostitute, before his eyesight fails him. <laughs> what? I know. They're bockers. they're bockers. Okay, Peter Ibbotson. What do you think that's Cockney about? Prostitute. You you got the you got the character. You know what I mean? Wait, Peter Ibbotson. What do you Peter. think it's about? So it's about that guy. But what do you think happens to him?
1: Sounds like a British man. Yeah. Okay. So. Does, does he sound upper crust,
0: lower class? Lower. Okay. Or, no, I don't want to like. <laughs> I, this, there's no. You, it doesn't. There's. You, <laughs> you can't, can't. You can't come up with anything crazier yeah. than what it actually. Yeah. Is. All right. Uh. Oh god. <laughs> um um old movies have like four different things that don't go together that they smash together.
1: I'm just going to say he he finds a friend there. I'll just he hopefully a, that's it. He's a British
0: man. We don't know what <laughs> echelon he's in the but he finds a friend the name of the movie
1: is Peter Ebbetson yeah
0: okay ready architect Peter Ebbetson is hired by the Duke of Towers to design a building for him I guess he makes a friend then see I was right <laughs> you were right that's not all that happens Ebbetson discovers that the Duchess of Towers Mary is his now grown childhood sweetheart their love revives but Peter is sentenced what? to life in prison for an accidental killing <laughs> okay <laughs> I'm not People even gonna... actually watched this. Stuff. Oh, it was they, these were hit movies. Okay, here's one that I'm not going to make you guess this one, but this one's called "They Drive by Night." When one of two truck driving brothers loses an arm, <laughs> sorry, what? When Do one they of, drive the truck together, they have to. There's only three arms among them. Ha- ah i see <laughs> they both do- join a transport company where later the other is falsely charged as an accessory in the murder of the owner oh my gosh! okay so ida i know i That's mean just good. draw ma everyone needs to calm just, down <laughs> they should have let her right
1: <laughs> well Christ. hey it's really funny
0: that you should say that because she got in trouble a lot
1: For because she was like what is interest- this shit
0: yeah <laughs> She was, she did not like Peter Ebbotson. No, she was like this role, this role of, uh, I assume she played Mary, the Duchess of Towers. (laughs) This is bullshit. She, much like the cast of the original Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I believe it was Harrison Ford who said, you can write this shit, but you can't say it. I believe that was Ida's original role in Hollywood was to scream at people making her say awful things. But it was this courtroom scene that Ida did in They Drive By Night, the two truck driving brothers movie. That was her breakout role. So she has just murdered someone. Oh. Her husband who's drunk and she decides she's just going to leave him passed out in the garage with the car running. So she's murdered him in a very like accidental looking way and she kind of has the idea in the moment when he's like passed out in her lap so this is her talking to the uh, the DA about the that night he was so drunk I always
1: told him something awful would happen if he kept drinking that way naturally I, I couldn't lift such a heavy man out of the car he'd stayed in the garage before he always came in the house when he sobered up this time he... now, don't distress yourself Mrs. Carlson just take your time this time, he must have awakened still drunk and started the car. Oh, it was awful. He wanted so much to live. He had everything to live for. Thank you, Mrs. Carlson. I regret that I've been forced to question you. I won't bother you any further. You're very kind. Please accept my sincerest sympathy. Thank you. Carlson's death was accidental. Carbon monoxide poisoning. Both Smiles.
0: Smiles. Her ha- Outfit is incredible. Oh no, she's the chicest lady in the world. So that blew her up. People were like, "We gotta have Ida," but she was at Warner Brothers, and I mentioned earlier, constantly complaining about this, ch- these shitty lines. Why, by the way, awful. that wasn't even good. That, yeah, but she but she 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 sold it. So she was suspended all the time, and because she was bored she was bored with the stuff that she was doing what she would do though was in between takes she would grill the crew on what they were doing yeah. why they were shining the lights there why were why why do you put the mics there why do you why does everyone say, what's an apple box you know <laughs> and learned how to direct in her downtime on set yeah in 1947 she left um, Warner brothers for fox and this is where she got her First unofficial directing job. It was while she was there that she got to write a movie and get it made. And it was somehow through Fox, but it was an independent production. I'm not quite clear on how it was done. But the director, Elmer Clifton, had a heart attack on set. (gasps) And they didn't have time to hire a new director. So she got to direct her own movie that she also wrote. Here's what she did, though. She did not take any direct. Wait, she wrote it? Too? She wrote it too. It was her first movie that she wrote, and then she got it made, but then they were like, Of course, I'm sure she wanted to direct it, but they were like, No, we're gonna get Elmer Clifton to do it. Good old unhealthy Elmer Clifton. <laughs> <laughs> so she directed the whole thing, but did not take credit. Gave him credit out of respect, I guess. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Have you ever given someone credit for something that
1: You know that you did? Um, Usually, if I get something in return, I guess.
0: Oh.
1: Or if I do them a favor, then I give them
0: credit. But you've never had some jerk in like science lab who was like, I'm not going to do any of the work. And you were like, well, if you don't do any of the work,
1: Well, I mean, there's people who are like, they don't do work. And then I'm like, okay, can you do something here? Like, oh, you just, you're straight
0: up like, (laughs) yeah. No, I don't care. Get cracking. Yeah. I like your I like your attitude. (laughs) Thank you. So here's what else is outstanding about this film that she did called Not Wanted. That was the name of the movie that she wrote. Mm -hmm. Not only did she get to direct it on accident, not only did she write it, it was about a beautiful but unsophisticated girl who's seduced by a piano player and gives up her out of wedlock baby, but her guilt is so Mm -hmm. overwhelming that she kidnaps another child. That sounds so much more interesting yeah. than murder Murders in the Towers, uh-huh. you know? And that was one of the things that she started doing. She got a taste for it. She was like, I'm going to start writing movies that are about women, for women, about real things that women go through. And she did it. And it was um, – the the movie about uh, – the movie Not Wanted was such a big controversy because people didn't talk about uh, what out of wedlock babies and stuff that it just – it was a huge scandal and also a huge success, so much so that Eleanor Roosevelt, the first lady, had Ida on to discuss the issue on national radio. And this mm. was, no one was talking about this stuff. And not only were they not talking about having children out of wedlock, her next picture called Outrage was about the a young woman trying to cope with the aftermath of rape. Talk about something no one was talking about. No one was even touching this subject, and she—the fact that she continued to even get this movie done yeah, was, What year was this again? This was like, well, it was forty. Jesus, forty. It was in the for It was in the late forties, early fifties. It was it was during McCarthy era, communist trials for people oh. in Hollywood, which was also oh making God. the studios really. I s- learned about that last year. You did, yeah. About all that. Stupid the blacklisting, stuff. yeah. <laughs> insane and people like Believe turning it. in their their friends and stuff yeah it's ba- it was basically socialism is what they wanted yeah. i know i know so that whole trial um, where everyone's being put on trial made the studios really nervous about doing anything controversial. So the fact that she was not only able to like continue to pursue this movie and get this movie made during that time when there was such a lockdown yeah. on content is amazing. Now, the censorship at the time, the censorship at the time was so backwards they wouldn't even let her say that the movie was about rape. You could not use the term rape. Oh. They had to call it criminal assault. Jesus. Which is like calling murder body robbery. It's like not it doesn't it doesn't work. Soul robbery. It's not the same thing. She body uh, What did you say? I said body robbery. That's funny. She got so on a tear about the way things could be in Hollywood that she wrote a declaration of independence from the studio system. And it was published in all these trade public uh, trade trade magazines. And one of the things that she wrote was, We independent producers must continue to explore new themes, try new ideas, discover new creative talents in all departments. When one of us profits from these methods, there is bounty for us all. She's basically saying to the big studios, like, hey, you're playing it safe, you're doing things that are just very formulaic yeah. and very re- repetitive. Still. It hasn't changed. Yeah. It has not changed. So then she did this film called The Bigamist, which was the first film in which a woman directed herself. That was her <laughs> directing herself. And unfortunately, it didn't do very well. Also at that time. So here's what's happening at that time. She's built this production company. She's done a couple of hits, gotten a couple of things that have kind of been, you know, salacious out there. Then she does The Bigamist. It's a flop. It bankrupts her production company. At the same time, she's also single-handedly supporting her family, making all the money. Her husband, Howard Duff, was blacklisted because of the McCarthy-era trials, was not able to work, became a crazy alcoholic, and was cheating on her. And she knew it. And she was still supporting... She was doing all of it. All of it. Supporting her production company, supporting her cheating husband, it was, it was a lot. You can understand that yeah. she had a lot on her shoulders. And fighting this industry that yeah. wasn't letting her do Jesus. what she wanted to do in the first place. So you would think, in film writing terms, this would be her all is lost moment. The moment where you think, it's over for her, she'll never get it back. Yeah. But this Shiro's journey is not done. She bounces right back. She goes back to work for her old studio, which she didn't want to do. As an actress, because they would not hire her as a director, she just started slamming on the work. Worked so hard, made a bunch of money, and then went back to directing when she could afford to wait to be hired for a project. That's good. It's really good. Working hard. You know, you got to work hard in this industry. Yeah. But she didn't go back to films. She went back to a new medium. Um, What do you think the uh, new medium was? What was the new form of entertainment back then, after movies? You could watch it in your home. TV? Yeah, that's right. And of course they were like, we don't know what we're fucking doing. We'll take a chance on a lady. (laughs) This is what actress Mala Powers had to say about... Ida's directing style when she started doing TV. I found it always absolutely marvelous to work with her because since she was such a consummate actress, she experienced what was going on in you almost before it happened. And very soon I got to trust her, of course, and knew that she wasn't going to print it unless it was right. So you dared to take risks with her. She had this wonderful eye for interesting shots and, and very long takes.
1: Maybe it's my imagination.
0: That is, that gave me chills when I heard it the first time that she, they knew she wasn't going to print it unless it was right. Yeah. So that means people were just like rushing through shit, didn't care what you looked like. We're just like, oh, we got the line, let's print it. That's kind of cool that she was base level taking care of actors. Yeah. Okay, here's what was bananas about this time. So, while she was directing TV, she was also offered a TV show to star in with her husband, Howard, the alcoholic cheater. Yeah. What a great guy. (laughs) He sounds great, right? So, she loves him so much that she, and she doesn't want to be acting, but she does this show for him. Two seasons with this guy doing something she doesn't want to do so that he can get his career back on track. During this time, she realizes that he's never going to stop drinking. So, she says to him, if you're never going to stop drinking, guess what I'm going to do? And what do you think she did?
1: Broke up with him.
0: Oh. Oh. (laughs) I don't know. Suspense. Decided to become a bigger alcoholic than him. Oh, my God. Now, this is what... How, She's fighting fire with fire. Yeah, but guess what? That's just a w- good way to destroy yourself. I had a really complicated... And he was a really big one, too. Massive. And she said, watch... Wait, you haven't, you've seen nothing. You haven't seen nothing yet. She became a... Basically, according to her daughter, became a pill addict and an alcoholic overnight. Now... I can't imagine what kind of pressures she was under trying to to keep her family together and also create this career for herself that she had no idols or path for. And I am sure it gets very fucking lonely being your cheerleader and everyone else's. Uh So I don't necessarily think this was a self-sabotage thing. Yeah. I think it was a I'm giving. I I actually have to give up in a certain way because I'm just too tired. There's literally yeah. nobody on my side right now. But despite all that, crumbling home life, addictions, she kept her career going and was in the 60s, in the 1960s, one of the biggest TV directors of that time. She directed over a hundred episodes of the biggest shows ever, like you've heard of them, The Untouchables. What do you think that's about? The Untouchables? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bonanza? What do you think that's about? Do you know Bonanza? No. That was a Western. Gilligan's Island? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I actually love that show. You do? Yeah. You should watch. Have you watched the movie? The movie, movie stuff. Have you watched the movie of after the show was canceled? No. Okay, you should check but it I out. But I watched the show. It's on TV. Yeah, I know. Look. I don't doubt your commitment to Gilligan's Island. Yeah, I
1: know. Gilligan's Island is I'm just saying when
0: you're done, there's a movie out there you got to find. All right. It's the dumbest thing you'll ever watch, okay?
1: Great. I love
0: dumb stuff. So in a shocking example of Hollywood being the most fucked up place on the planet, in the world, everyone in town knows about what's happening in her home life. Yeah. She- Oh, really? Yes. They know about- I mean, also, he's like fucking all these other women. (laughs) Okay, so she and Howard are both at this time- Cast in Batman, the TV show, oh, as husband and wife villains. And they did the part. I want to just, can we watch this one scene real quick of them in Batman together?
1: How do these pills work, Dahi Baby? Are we really invisible? No, Kabbalah, but we may as well be. You see, after taking the pill, we blend into the background so perfectly that no one can see us. Not even someone else who takes the pill. That's why we keep bumping into each other. Well, husbands and wives are supposed to bump into each other now and then, aren't they, baby? No
0: a couple no kick. This is business. Like, it makes me so—it's so upsetting to watch that because literally they're on pills in the in the show. They're on invisible pills, yeah. but nonetheless. And then also the fact that she says this is just business. Because that's what's happening in their real life. So think about the amount of walls that you have to put up to even do that with your husband. Yeah. All the stuff happening on the ba- in the background. My God. They got divorced shortly after. Good. She drank more and more. Oh, not good. <laughs> and then she basically became a shut-in at that point. I mean, which is a very tragic way for her to go and, and part of it was due to the fact that she was increasingly hostile on set, mm-hmm. either because of frustrations at her career or the fact that she was on pills or whatever. Now, that is something that, and so people weren't hiring her because she was irate on set. That is something that guys can get away with over and over and over yeah. and over again in this industry. Do you know what Alfred Hitchcock did to Tippy Hedron? I know he was an awful person. He was an awful person. He installed a secret door from his office to her dressing room and had a replica of her face made so that he could have it on his desk at all times. He Not just sexual harassment, like next level fucked up stuff. That dude is still thought of as one of the greatest directors of all time. Yeah. So the fact that he was I'm doing... Sorry,
1: The Birds was not that good. Really wasn't. What would you hate about it? I didn't... Well, it was just like... Really? <laughs> really? <laughs>
0: this is your, your review of the birds like, is
1: really? <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like, that's what I had. Eye roll. Yeah. Full eye roll. No, it's like, come on. You're like, you're wasting come my on. time, Hitchcock. Yeah, that, I mean, I mean, Sharknado's great, but like, it's the same feeling, you know? He basically just
0: did Sharknado.
1: Sharknado's so much better, though, so <laughs> don't worry about that.
0: Nothing against Sharknado. <laughs> point is it's an unfair world for women especially yeah. in this one yeah she drank herself into stupor was un was so afraid to ask for help from her family that basically had a stranger move into her house to take care of her affairs i didn't c- couldn't get the true story on what that was about what? but she befriended this lady who i assume she met at the they had both had horse shirts on so i assume they were like horse friends <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> horse I'm a, shirts i'm extrapolating what she got into horseback riding, and then she had this friend who's in this documentary I watched of her, and it's she's just like, the way, a- the way that documentaries sometimes just, like, brush over stuff where you're like, wait a minute, what? They're like, she was so afraid to ask for help that she asked this stranger who she met at the horse place.
1: The, the Listen, horse I'm still interested in the horse shirts. Were there
0: horses on the shirts? Yes. What? Watercolor Impressions. Oh, and they're great. They're from the 80s, too. 80s, early 90s. They're just the best. I need one. Call this lady who stole all of Ida Lupino's money. (laughs) Wait, it's the lady? It's the stranger? The stranger moved in and took care of her affairs. Yeah. But to me, when I see something... Okay, they interview her kids... And her kids are like, yeah, they had a messed up relationship. My dad was an alcoholic, and my mom became an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And then you all out of out of nowhere, suddenly they're interviewing this tra- strange lady with a horse shirt on, who's like, she didn't want to ask your family to help, so she asked me. Ugh! And I was like, you clearly just like that? saw a mentally ill woman who was having drinking problems, and you just inserted took a good yourself. I her. think so. I mean, look, maybe that's the. Maybe that's the 1950s. Peter Ibbotson and me to like (laughs) to just go go for the go for the worst case scenario story. But point is that this woman, whoever this woman is, horseshirt lady, got into her life shortly after. In 1995, Ida was diagnosed with cancer and then died very soon after she died basically with very little fanfare from people who were still alive who remembered everything that she did it it was a very 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 disrespectful way she was covered in a very disrespectful way when she died and not that she was like shit on but just that it was like a blip it was like a tiny little moment in the LA times it was a tiny it was nothing basically like actress dies Pretty much ignoring all of the directing. Actress dies. Yeah. Actress. Actress dies, basically. (laughs) Ida Lupino broke through the barriers of Hollywood to create the path for women like Catherine Bigelow, Jane Campion, Ava DuVernay, and the future Hollywood female directors that are coming up right now. So let's not forget the great personal and mental sacrifice Ida Lupino made to create a tiny little path for us to have freedom to create amazing cinema for women. Okay, Mercy. Let's go through some scenarios you might find yourself in, and then some stock answers you can have in your back pocket to insert a little facto about Ida Lupino. Okay. In today-to-day conversations, are you ready? I will be doing this
1: every conversation. Every co- Every single conversation. Well,
0: when you the minute you get back to school. Yes. Just whip Ida Lupino. Ida Lupino. In. Ida Lupino. <laughs> Instant attention. Only that. <laughs> Okay, you have a friend who's being humble about murdering it at a speech and debate competition. She licked the floor with the kids from Pasadena. When you try and give her accolades, she says, I just tried my best. You say, you know what the first major female director in Hollywood
1: said about her groundbreaking career? I was just a director who tried my best. You didn't just try your best. You gave it your everything, and you should never sell your
0: accomplishments short like that. You're a good friend. That's what you are. (laughs) And then you should do this thing that Halle Berry did in Boomerang, which is a movie you never saw. Take your index finger and, like, put it right here on her head, on her forehead, and just push it back, like, to just, like, you know make what? your point. Yeah. Like, get it in there. Get that thought in there. I don't know why I always remember I could it. see myself giving a speech and just, yeah. just a little. That you're good at it. Look, you just, you just pierce that I'm air. a natural. You're I'm a natural at the Halle Berry poke scenario two You, someone can't believe you can rub your belly and pat your head at the same time expertly here's what you say about that you want to
1: really be impressed Ida Lupino was not only on the original Twilight Zone she directed an episode too.
0: who can say that no one can say that <laughs> mostly
1: because the show's not on anymore oh no it's
0: back Twilight Why? Zone is great wait it is isn't
1: it back I think it's back it's probably not as good I'm sorry, just going to be honest.
0: I love... Put it out there. You bring the salt in the morning, and I love it. I'm here for all of it. <laughs> Scenario three. Your friend Tino is, like, really, really lazy. You ask him to go to Chinatown on Saturday because you want to go see Samin Nostrat's Talk at Now Serving, which is a cookbook store that's in, that's in Chinatown that I love. All right. Do you know who Samin is? Have you seen Salt Facet... So, yes no salt oh, fat acid heat yes okay. i
1: love that show no you we you know the salt in that show yeah. we bought it, we have it yeah. sea salt no no, no it's the it's the finishing not that salt one. it's the japanese salt what? that they make this that they take <gasps> from the seaweed
0: you bought it yeah is it we delicious bu- it's so good damn we use it for everything oh i'm gonna just that's why you're bringing that salt yeah Because you just got that japanese we- sea salt <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you know all you know all about Samine. Yeah. All right, so you're going to go see her talk at Cookbook in Chinatown, but he doesn't want to go. So this is what you say. Okay. If
1: Ida Lupino can burst through to be a female director in the early days of TV, write children's books, and compose music while she has polio, you can grab the keys of
0: your tersel and get your ass to Broadway. That's so cute. It's actually a tersel, and they don't make them anymore, oh. but I love that you said tersel. Shh stop oh, now I'm embarrassed no I love it it's so funny Tersel don't you understand that the rule of comedy is the minute you make a mistake you just gotta okay. embrace it and Great. own it confidence
1: I'm an adorable child who said Tersel instead of Tersel <laughs> okay
0: I that's gonna be your it. legacy <laughs> Mercy, my gravestone your gravestone Mercy thank you for joining us today thank you The sequel is built on the backs of amazing dead women who created the opportunities you have today. Researched by Alex Everhart at Alex Icon Devil, produced by Cody Fisher, edited and engineered by Sam Kiefer, and this episode was hosted by Aaron and Mercy. I came out of here with a contract. I needed the
1: dough. And I'm going to collect every nasty little cent of it. Maybe more. Now, look, baby, I'm not trying to rush you. Silly boy. Bye, guys.